Hey everybody, this is Sam with West Virginia Overtime, and this may be the, only, the most anticipated episode by me ever, just for the simple fact that I've been meaning to give you this on the West Virginia Overtime feed forever. Um... As many of you heard in the episode right before this called The Apology, I actually have already recorded this episode. Some of you saw it in your podcatchers and had to take it down because in some podcatchers, it was giving you about two minutes and then it would go blank for two to five minutes and then... I would come back on, but I would probably be talking about a different game. And you would hear me talk for, I don't know, maybe five minutes. And then it would go blank. One um, podcatcher I listened to, it went blank for like half an hour. Then, of course, you had the Spotify episode that when I went to check it, that's the one that killed me. Now, I had several others that ended up like that, but the Spotify episode was totally blank. It had no sound whatsoever. So I thought, for sure, you know, when I found this out, that it was early enough, I knew I had a podcast before it that I needed to do, and I really did think, oh, I'll get this done on Friday... No problem. Yeah, it didn't work. So here I am on Sunday recording this. Now, number one, I am extremely lucky that this is the second week of scrimmages. I haven't got a lot of the team previews done, and I hadn't got this episode done. We're not looking at game week. And so we've got time to set... And me give you my thoughts on things, and you guys tell me what your thoughts are. As far as the Spotify green rooms, I'm still going to use them some. But if more of you aren't interested in them, or can't get away to become a part of them, or whatever, then I may just go to like a Facebook room, or a uh, Twitter room or something like that. But let's get started. Coalfield and Company broke the most anticipated high school football games for the state of West Virginia down approximately three to maybe five weeks ago. And so I'm taking their games and I want to give you my thoughts on them. A lot of you are saying, Sam, why are you stealing Coalfield Company stuff? No, no, no. Not stealing their stuff. I'm crediting them for their ideas. A lot of the stuff that they put out is really good. Um, and I really, truly respect them and Metro News and so many others. And so there are going to be times that 
through my research that I do use other people's articles or their interviews with coaches or their interviews with players. But if I get it from somewhere else, I try because I write for other websites, I try to tell you where it is, where I got it from. So, that's the thing. If I'm quoting something from Coalfield and Company, I'll tell you that up front. But if it's me talking, then this is my episode, so I get to do it. But I am going to take their games. Why? Because I don't have all of the football schedules yet. Just going to be really honest. Some uh, football teams I'm really close to. Some I've actually just gotten close to over the two, two and a half years that I've been doing this. Some student sections I am just in love with. They know it. And they definitely don't care to shop me out or give me schedules or give me when games change. And I can tell you one of the best ones is Herbert Hoover. Uh, Their student section is the bomb. And they really keep me up to date. Another one is Bridgeports. Um, They are all about... They even write me when soccer games are coming up. And if any of them are at the soccer game, they'll give me updates. So that's the thing. If you're one of these parents that say our team never gets covered, Sam in West Virginia overtime only cares about football. No, I don't. I would love to put boys and girls soccer up. I would love to put volleyball up, cross-country, golf. But if I don't know that it's going on, it's real hard for me to try to track somebody down or to look around for a score of who won, maybe who set a record, or, or anything like that. So you got to let me know when things are going on. Um, a lot of people are like, Sam doesn't show very many pictures of our team. It's because I don't have them. Now, I am very thankful to Wes Wilson, to Chuck Roberts, to Taran Malone. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, Carl Holcomb every once in a while was sending pictures and uh, Rusty Udi, I believe is his name, uh, sends in pictures. Dave Morrison that covers from Beckley to Wyoming down, down into that area. Great. He does uh, his interviews on YouTube. So I can just credit him and put his YouTube link so that you guys will go to his site and get counted. Um, I really try to do that for as many people as I can. Um, 
Grant Trailer, um, Paul Atkins. I knew when I started naming people that I was going to forget someone. Ryan Decker, I use him a lot. Uh, I, I did use Ryan Pritt to escape from us. Uh, there are a lot of sports writers that go out of their way that maybe don't have to cover this sport. Maybe they're not assigned to it or whatever, but they still go out of their way to cover it. Um, and I'm blanking. I just thought Luke Creasy. I was going to say, I just thought of Luke's first name, and I'm trying to think of his last, Luke Christie. Uh, he has been excellent at sending in scores. Parents. Yes, you can send me scores. Yes, you can send me what happened in a game. Yes, you can send me pictures. Um, please try to do that on wvovertime at gmail.com. Put a title up as far as um, if it's Ravenswood soccer, boys soccer. Put that up. Or if it's, um, I'm trying to think of somebody, Independence Golf. Then then put it up. You know, I, I will do my best to get it up there as fast as I can. The other thing I encourage you to do is download the app. Score stream. Why? Because you can have your coach or your athletic director put schedules in there. And when the game, well actually before the game, fans can talk to each other. But during the game, you can update the score you can cheer for your team. You can write back and forth to each other. Um, there's even a place there you can put up pictures if you want. It's a national site. If you click on some other state, which I use it for Virginia a lot because Martinsburg plays over there, which is one of the first games we're going to talk about, um, you can keep up with it over there and it's not football only it's all sports uh spring sports uh fall sports winter sports whatever so i encourage you guys to use that my new website i keep giving you guys updates should have been done in like one day and of course i can't dedicate enough time to it to get it completely done it is going to be called the Overtime Network One Word dot com. So the Overtime Network dot com. Um, I'm changing the theme of it. I hope today, if not tomorrow morning, and it already has links so that the podcast automatically go up on the bottom of the screen. I plan on having um, score stream. So if you want to go there, not download the app, but you want to go on the overtime network.com, on the bottom of it, 
it'll have scrolling West Virginia, volleyball West Virginia, football West Virginia. If I can get their schedules, uh, West Virginia JV, West Virginia boys soccer, girls soccer. So I'm hoping to get that completed. I keep saying that it's a Wednesday. So we're going to go ahead and say we, we're going to hope to have it done by this Wednesday. Problem is I plan on putting all of my articles up. Downside to that is the fact there's a lot more of them than what I thought. I've only put four up and it took forever. So we'll have to wait and see about that. Let's talk about Coalfield and companies honorable mentions for most anticipated games some of these i'm just gonna go ahead and warn you i disagree with and i'm gonna tell you when and why um some games may be anticipated by you they're not so much anticipated by me and then there's some games that i'm all about and I'm going to tell you that more than likely I'm going to be there. Uh, And if I can't be there, I'm going to see if it's not streamed or I can't get one of my very good friends to go. If I have something already planned on that date. But the first honorable mention that Coalfield Company mentioned was week one. And it's Martinsburg at... Salem, Virginia. I'm going to be up front with you. Sorry, Martinsburg. I love you, Bulldogs. I uh, thought your streak last year was unbelievable. Also, I thought Spring Valley snapping that streak was unbelievable. But I don't know that necessarily a rule needs to be made. I don't think that at all. I just wish Martinsburg did not play so many schools in Virginia. I know the reasoning is a lot of the schools around them are smaller. And it's really hard to get some of their kids that are superstars uh, adequate attention from college recruiters when they're beating up on teams 77 to um, 17 and their starters are coming out at halftime. I totally get that. I get that you're wanting to go over to Virginia to get the better competition and you can get your kids recruited easier because some of the teams in Virginia, you know, they're having six, seven, eight Division One prospects on their team, which brings in the recruiters to also watch your team. Totally agree. Also totally agree that most high schools do not have a travel budget to be traveling three, five, seven hours away to play a great team or a good team in the state of West Virginia. Totally agree with that. I just kind of wish there wasn't so many. 
And it always seems like Martinsburg, to me, and maybe they don't feel this way, but to me, I feel like Martinsburg gets the short end of the stick all the time. That they have to go to Virginia a lot to play these teams. And so West Virginia is not getting to see them. Martinsburg hasn't set up a streaming thing that I'm aware of that they can see them. And Martinsburg High School is not getting gate money, is not getting merch money, is not getting recognition because they're not playing these teams at home. So am I really anticipating this game? No. I do want to know the score. Salem's supposed to be one of the tougher teams in Virginia. And, of course, I'm going to keep up with the score. The next honorable mention that they talked about is also in week one. Now, I'm going to get into a little bit of hot water. I know that. I also, if you guys know me and have been listening all along to the podcast episodes, or you know me personally, um, I really don't care. 2020, the year will go down in history. There will be kids that will remember it forever because they graduated during it or they played during it. Or better yet, they didn't play during it. At the time that they shut down in 2020, the, I guess it was in March, March 17th, I believe, March 18th, the girls' basketball state tournament and the boys' regionals. I was on the fence. I wasn't one of these saying this is overboard, and I definitely wasn't one of these saying cancel it forever. I truly thought we needed more information. However, them not getting to to play it or replay it or whatever killed me. Because those kids that could have won that state championship or even just been in the state championship game never will ever be. And I feel sorry for him. The kids that got the short end of the stick, though of 2020, even though football likes to gripe, no, it was the spring sports of 2020. Baseball, softball, track, tennis. Um, I'm probably missing a couple, and I'm sorry. Those kids practiced, I think, a week. And they shut down their whole entire season. They did not get to play one scrimmage, one game, nothing. And I think they got the short end of the stick. I really do. 
Then, summer of 2020, we get schools that are getting COVID cases when the athletes are getting together. Whether it's to play summer league or just for them to work out together at someone's house or the park or wherever they are. We were finding some of them were picking up COVID or having COVID-like symptoms. <coughs> they, you know, ended up pushing the July season back. And then it became a disaster. Governor Justice came out with a map that was scientifically based and it was based on Harvard's research. Here's the thing. I don't know about you. I don't really think that Harvard gave any care in the world about whether West Virginia played football or not. Whether they played volleyball or not. Whether they played soccer. They couldn't have cared less. They put this model out. Governor Justice himself adopted it. For basically the same reasons I just said. It's Harvard. And it was scientifically backed. It quickly became an issue with coach is it governor coach justice or is it coach governor justice I mean I don't know but anyway it became a problem and an issue for him during an election year so he proceeded to do his own color-coded map not based on anything. He took us off the Harvard system because so many schools weren't able to practice and or play. Again, he recolored the map. He issued the numbers and all of that. I'm sure he got advice, but it was based on Nothing scientific, and it definitely wasn't based on Harvard at all. And there were TV news stations and newspaper articles that enjoyed pointing this out, that the Harvard model model at one point had 32 counties in the state of West Virginia that could not play any fall sports that week. And when you looked at the Governor Justice's new and improved map, I think there were three red counties that could not play or practice that week. So, there was a big difference in 32 and 3. I'm not saying I wanted 32 school, well, 32 counties. 32 counting kids not to get to play. But it showed a vast difference in three. It also showed a vast difference when 
in some of those 32 counties, if you followed up in the weeks after, their COVID numbers started popping. And even Justice's model showed it. Which leads us to the honorable mention second game of week one containing the South Charleston Black Eagles. All right, settle down there, Cabell Midland and and, uh, Spring Valley. I don't want to hear you hissing and booing the whole entire time. The South Charleston Black Eagles, everybody stated, number one, they were extremely lucky, and number two, that they did not deserve to win the state championship last year. Now, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Now, are some of you going to write me and tell me I'm a South Charleston homer? Sure. I'm not. I like some of their kids, though. They're pretty fabulous. Trey Dunn, for what he did as a sophomore quarterback last year, unreal. And Montreal Dean, as a linebacker, is also unbelievable. Did they happen to get lucky? Yes, to a point. Were they unlucky in the weeks that Kanawha County was red and they weren't sure that they could ever get them out of red? Well, if your answer is that they were lucky to win the state championship, you have to talk about how many weeks they set out, how many games they couldn't play, or how many practices they missed. So don't say, oh, they were lucky. Well, no, they missed a lot too. They just missed them at a different time than maybe your team did. Um, You know, the Buffalo Bisons, or Bison, been corrected a lot. Shout out to Chris Raines. Um, their volleyball team, I thought, was very good that year. They made it to the States. Putnam County went on the COVID map. They couldn't play in the state tournament at all. There, I believe, were six teams in single way alone that could not play in the volleyball state tournament. Why people did not throw a fit to get that tournament moved back, to get something done about that, I I still don't know. So, you know, Cabell Midland, Spring Valley, Martinsburg, all you teams that felt like, oh, we got the shaft because we didn't get to practice. We didn't we didn't get to do this. We didn't get to do that. Well, guess what? It happened in other sports. Do you guys remember 
girl soccer wear contact tracing almost cost them to be able to play in the state tournament? None of their kids had COVID. None. But because they had had class or they went somewhere where one person with COVID was, they ended up on the the tracing list and over half of their team were ineligible. (coughs) So to pick on, (coughs) excuse me, to pick on South Charleston, I don't think it's right. Especially guys, they had a really good team. And they're going to have another one this year. So, I think they repay some of these people that have been running their mouth to their players, to their coaches, to their fans this year. Will they go undefeated and repay everyone? Uh, I'm not too sure. But, that's something you've got to take into account. There are other teams in the same exact situation that could make a case of how they could have made a run at a state championship in their sport without the COVID maps. Now, one of the most anticipated games is Game 1, South Charleston versus Morgantown. Everyone truly believes that Morgantown is a sleeper team, that South Charleston will not be ready for them, that South Charleston will be rusty. I'm not real sure how South Charleston would be rusty when they get the same amount of practice time and scrimmages and everything as every other team in the state. If you're going to say they're rusty, why aren't all the teams in the state rusty? Including Morgantown. Come on, guys. That's just another way of snapping back at them. However, I gotta say, this game is intriguing to me. You've got Sean Beiser, who coached at Kaiser, turned the Kaiser program around, got them into the playoffs, and they were making some noise. People were actually picking them to win the state championship that year, and they got upset. He, maybe a month or two later, decided to go to Morgantown. Morgantown, at that time, hadn't had a winning season in a couple years. Now, if you don't know Coach Beiser, he's hilarious. Uh, He is a very good coach. If you, as a football coach, have time, he is definitely, I think, one of the coaches that you may want to email or call up and find a little bit about what he does as far as his philosophies and disciplines. But he also runs the wing T. And... He can walk you through that and talk to you about that. 
And that gives you something else in your repertoire. Whether you run it or not, you're going to come up against it and you need to know it in order to figure out how to defend it. Morgantown also has pretty much their whole entire offensive line and tied in back. And if I'm not mistaken, in Coalfield's rankings, I want to say almost all of them are ranked. But we also talked about South Charleston and South Charleston being ranked and Montreal Dean and Trey Dunn and my goodness, there's several other players that I could be talking about on their team. But I'm really anticipating this game. Is this the game week one that I'm definitely going to? I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind for week one. And I kind of want to see what happens to Huntington and Morgantown again this year. Morgantown students are coming back. They ran wild all over Morgantown and spread COVID and got them basically not just Mongahalia County, but a lot of other counties around them higher up on the map than what they hope to be. Or is that going to happen again this year? Is it going to happen in Huntington? This weekend is move-in weekend for a lot of the students. Are we going to see a jump in the Cabell County COVID cases? So interested in watching and kind of seeing what happens there. So that is one reason why I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to this game. Because if Morgantown shoots, you know, completely up, they may cancel it. And South Charleston may be scrambling to try to find somebody to play. And there are a lot of games in week one that I'm interested in for one way or another. Now, they had one other honorable mention game, and that was Fairmont Senior versus Lindsay. <coughs> now, I'm going to be very honest with you. This one is, I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to give you probably a little bit better breakdown of Fairmont Senior the defending state double-A champions um, in one of the future games that we're going to go over. Because I don't know a lot about Lindsay, I didn't take a lot of time to research them. Uh, I know that they can give people problems. And that... They don't recruit, they say, but I guess they could. Uh, they're a private school, and with everything going on, you just don't know. 
Um, so this game wasn't even on my radar. I'll just be really honest with you. If you would have asked me in July, hey, write off some games you're looking forward to. A lot of the games that are on this list, I would have rattled off. Fairmont Senior versus Lindsay would not have been one of them. But I can tell you one that would have. And it actually starts the list that Coalfields and Company stated were their most anticipated games of the high school football season. This was one of mine. If somebody would have asked me in July, this would have been on it. Why, you say? Well, in week five, man is at Willing Central. I first have to be completely honest with you. There's a guy on Twitter who you see me tweet. Um, I do a lot of retweets of his stuff. And when I posted on Facebook, I credit it to Bub T. So shout out to you, Bub. Because he flies uh, drones and takes pictures of man high school's field. And they're beautiful. He's excellent at calling in scores, uh, telling me what's going on with Man High School, and it's not just the football team. And he is an all-around man hillbilly. And all I heard from him at the beginning of the year before the COVID map come out was that the man hillbillies were, number one, going to make the playoffs, and two, going to make noise in the playoffs, might even get to the state tournament. He just wanted to give me a heads up. I really did uh, follow and watch and see what man was doing. The issue became with man is that they got hit their county the schools around them all got hit by the covid map they missed some games they missed the playoffs and like i said many in southern west virginia thought they could possibly be a title contender. And so it was a extreme shock to those kids. I have to give props to those kids. Because a lot of those football kids that went from everyone pumping them up to possibly winning the state championship to failing to miss the playoffs were the same kids that were on the basketball team that were on the baseball team, that ran track. And if you follow all sports in West Virginia, then you know the jump Man County or Man High School made in basketball, in baseball. And so I have to give these kids props. They did not let this stop them. 
they continued their sports year and career and really made a dent. Wheeling Central, I got to see them play streaming-wise a couple different times against a couple different teams. And let me tell you, they were a pleasure to watch even when they lost. Um, Willing Central beat Man pretty bad last year. And I didn't write down the score, and I should have. But these are two teams that are in stark contrast to each other. And you've got Man that is a very small southern public school. And you've got Willing Central, pretty small, um, northern private school. Like I said, there's been rumors of recruiting just because they're a private school. Nothing has ever been found. And I don't care whether they're recruiting or not. There are too many teams in this state that are recruiting. And everybody knows it. Because, guys, players talk to their coaches. Even when they hate them. And they're not, they're they're teenagers. They're putting everything and anything on social media. Do you really think that when you talk to their mom and dad or mom or dad and the kid and say if you come to Alloway, uh, West Virginia from inner city West Virginia, people aren't going to notice that inner city West Virginia lost the best player on their team, and all of a sudden, that player shows up in out-of-the-way West Virginia, and they get tremendously better. Come on. Let's be real for just a little bit. I think man has the issue with this game of traveling. If you guys don't know where Willing Central is, it is in Willing, West Virginia, obviously, in the northern panhandle, almost at the tippy top. If you draw a line fairly straight and go over on a map, maybe a half inch, you'll see man. It's probably... Half an hour, 45 minutes an hour, depending on how fast you drive, uh, from the Kentucky border. Whereas Willing, in 10 minutes, I think pretty much anywhere you are in Willing, in about 10 minutes, you can be either in Pennsylvania or in Ohio. Matter of fact, a lot of schools, when they go up to Willing, um, 
stay in Ohio. Stay in, is it St. Clairsburg? I believe it has the big mall, and <laughs> a lot of people choose to stay there. It, this is going to be a telling game of single A. And is man who they thought they were last year, or are they who they became last year? And does Willing Central get it in gear this year and crush some people? Week three. Coalfield and Company named Polka at Independence. Guys, I can say for this being week three, fairly big deal. Um, these two teams. I don't want to say that they're the opposite of each other because they're not. They're actually kind of a lot alike. But what people say as them being opposite, what they mean is everyone has heard of last year's senior class from Poco, led by, of course, Ethan Payne, who is number 28 in your programs, at Marshall University. Um, those seniors came into the POCA program when they were at an 0-39 losing streak. Those players changed POCA back somewhat to how they used to be. And I give a lot of credit to Seth Ramsey and his coaching staff. <clears throat> but obviously I want to give credit to the players. But I want to give credit to the players' families. And you're like, what, Sam? When you go back to the seniors on that team, a lot of those seniors had dads who had played during winning eras of polka football. And their kids also still played at polka. So their dads had brought them up on polka tradition, polka values, polka culture. They knew history of their dad's teams and some of the teams after. And so some of them had a clue how good polka had been through the years. However, some of them were still shocked as they walked on to the field near the band bleachers and saw the, I think it's made of wood, but the big sign 
that they have of all the Polka State Championships. And then, of course, Coach Ramsey, Coach Seth Ramsey and his coaching staff made sure to put it in their locker rooms. A lot of those kids as freshmen did not realize that Polka had won the state championship in 1951 and had won several since then. I believe it was either that year or the very next year. It may have been when last year's seniors were sophomores. They made a pack, basically, that they were going to the state championship and they were going to win. Because when they were sophomores, that year's freshman class also had played together and a lot of their families are from the Polka area also. Polka did not have a lot of transfers. They usually don't. Um, if it is, it's kids, like, two, three, four. And I'm not saying that they even play on the football team. You know, some of them are playing soccer or whatever. So, those two sets of kids, the last year's seniors when they were sophomores, and this year's seniors, when they were freshmen, came together and said, we're turning this around. They got a lot of support from the community and from their families. Problem is, last year when Polka was picked to possibly end up in the title game, COVID happened. And it became a nightmare for Polka and all of Putnam County, period. Um, Polka's schedule got completely changed. They had conference teams that they were scheduled to play that didn't want to play them, and therefore didn't. And... Didn't really understand that. I thought if you were in a conference, you had to play the other conference members. But anyway. On the other side of the state, you had Independence High School basically having the same thing happen only two years, basically, behind Polka. They have been getting better and better and better since this year's senior class and this year's junior class got hooked up together. They are an unbelievable crew, and if you got a chance to watch them streaming or you got a chance to watch them in person last year, then you know how much potential they have. They are returning 20 starters yeah I didn't stutter Independence High School is returning 20 starters whereas when you hear some of the poker players or the poker coaches talk they lost one of their best classes 
in 20 years and they hope people step up and all of that. If I'm part of Polka's senior class or even their junior class, I'm getting a little tired of hearing it. Yes, that class was good, but I'm out to prove that I'm better is what they should have in their minds and they need to have a big chip on their shoulder and say COVID's not going to destroy us this year and we're going to prove to everybody that we are going to make our dream come true of not only making it to the playoffs but making it to the state championship game and winning the state championship. Now whether they can do that or not I don't know. I think this is going to be a telling game of two future playoff contenders. But the reason this particular game grabs me is, and I hope they don't bill it as that, and I hope I don't sound like I'm billing it as that, but... You've got two Division One athletes going against each other. Um, number three in the entire state ranked is Toby Payne, Pocus Senior, who is the younger brother of, i got to give him a shout-out, of his big brother Jake, who is serving our country and is currently overseas, ready to defend this country with his life. But Toby's other older brother, who is a little more well-known throughout the state, is the Kennedy Award winner, and like I said, number 28 in your programs at Marshall University. So, Toby being the younger brother has always had to prove himself. But he's going to be going up against another big-time Division I athlete in Atticus Goodson. He is number sixth in the state in rankings. Toby plays tight end. Atticus plays running back. But both last year played both ways. Toby, while he's a tight end, Atticus is a defensive back. Now, I have heard some rumors he may be moving to linebacker. They're still going to go up against each other. On when Poga's on offense, when Independence is on defense, Atticus may actually be covering Toby. <clears throat> but when you flip flop it, and Atticus Good Goodson, excuse me, uh, is running back. Last year we had Toby Payne. Playing some defensive line linebacker. And he 
will definitely be running into the running back. So, if you want to see two excellent Division One players that the state of West Virginia has produced, actually, legitimately, go against each other, as in, they're going to be tackling each other. They're going to be trying to run over each other. This is one of the most anticipated games on your schedule. You probably should go see this game just for those two athletes. But also everything else that I mentioned in the beginning. Now, the next game I find extremely intriguing. And it's week seven. It is Point Pleasant versus Kaiser. Now remember, when I was talking about Morgantown, I talked about Sean Beiser and how he had turned it around at Kaiser. Well, they hired a coach that believes in the same philosophy system, vision, goals, and everything of Coach Beiser. And they are supposed to be one of the most talented teams in Double uh, A, whereas Point Pleasant, I believe, over the last I don't know three to five years, has been a very tough team that no one has heard of or that no one has gotten to see. They are down in Mason County. It's a smaller county in West Virginia. But there are two other schools in that county, Wahama and Hannon, both of which extremely small. Point Pleasant doesn't want or need to play them because at one time they were AAA and if they would play them in almost any sport, they would kill them. Well... It's getting bad as far as no one in West Virginia is wanting to play them. They know how talented, well-coached, and how much desire those kids have. They have a really hard problem picking up schools to challenge them. What they were doing was trying to go across the river into Ohio to play some of those teams. Problem is that they sometimes those Ohio teams would cancel on them. They would move games. They would do a lot of different things. The WVSSAC couldn't do anything about it. <coughs> other than maybe complain to Ohio. This, well, I should say the last couple years, don't count last year because they did have a, an extreme problem finding people to play. Last couple years, though, they've gotten a good schedule. And both of these teams, you can see 
possibly going deep in the playoffs and with the right matchups, possibly could end up in the state championship game. Neither one of them have an easy schedule. When you look at their schedules, I would not want them for anything. They're going to be highly ranked if they can beat their opponents. And I know some of you just went, Sam, duh. No, I'm being serious because of the tough quality opponents that they play, they will get their quality points if they can beat them which will rank them higher and higher and higher. It's different when you are playing the 35th team ranked in double A and they've won one game. You're not getting very many points from them. However, if you're rank or if you're playing the number five team in double A who's undefeated and you're playing them in week seven, you're gonna get some serious points. And I think that's what it comes down to. I think this game will give somebody some serious set of points and they could I think they will be in the top eight, the winner of this game, and could be in the top four. Now, before you start saying <coughs> you're Homer for Cardinal Conference, plus you just told that big story about Polka. Well, the story I think of the next game that Coalfields and Company picked as one of the most anticipated games of the West Virginia high school football season is happening in week nine. And it is, again, the Polka Dots traveling to Herbert Hoover. And like I said... I already told Polka's story. Let's talk Hoover. Hoover, who hasn't had basically a building complex in years. I should have looked up the date of the flood, but I didn't. There are kids that came in their freshman and sophomore years, to Herbert Hoover High School, that when they graduated, were still in the same uh, put-together trailers, modulars, that they were in their freshman and sophomore year. They have not gotten on this. Kanawha County has not rushed this. I don't know that they've allocated enough money to it quickly enough. But who suffers? It's the kids. 
they have had issues with the modular or mobile compartments. <laughs> I know they call them buildings. They're not buildings. But anyway, um, running out of air conditioner, not having heat, um, not being broken into, all kinds of things. Well, let me tell you, it hasn't stopped Herbert Hoover softball. That program has been a dominant program for 20, maybe 30 years. <clears throat> but we may be seeing the start of Herbert Hoover football becoming dominant. Coach Joey Fields came from down south, southern West Virginia, up to Herbert Hoover High School, and so many people who had met him before said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Did you just want to be a head coach anywhere? And if you talked to Coach Joey Fields, he would tick off all of the strengths that Herbert Hoover High School had, not only within their school, but within their football program. He always started with the players' heart, their desire, their determination, and their discipline. He also talked about the community and the fans of Hoover. How no matter where they played, they came. No matter win or lose, they were proud of those kids. They supported those kids. And they kept those kids' confidence high. So the big time hype that you're hearing about Hoover, it actually started last year, Joey Field's first year at Herbert Hoover. But buddy, you talk about turning it up, he definitely has this year. And he himself will tell you, I wouldn't want it any other way. I want everyone circling us on their schedule as the game that they must win. And he truly believes that. He has a very talented skill group of players. He has several All-Staters returning. And he, yes, a lot has been made of it. Yes, he does have some transfers. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who haven't seen it, you can go to Herbert Hoover Football uh, Facebook page. You can go to Wes Wilson Facebook page. I'm trying to think what it's under on YouTube because that's actually where I first watched it. 
I want to say it is Herbert Hoover Athletic Department or Herbert Hoover High School. It may be Herbert Hoover Football, but I don't know. You want to find their hype video for their brand new uniforms they're going to be wearing this year. Joey Fields has made the river that flooded a tremendous part of Herbert Hoover's program. What they stand for, what you will hear their student section, who, like I said earlier, is one of the better student sections in the southern part of West Virginia, and you will hear their team talk about the river. If you haven't seen this video, go find it. It's worth it. Um, it's probably 45 seconds long. And I'm guessing, but I, I, it can't be longer than a minute. That's worth your time, I guarantee. They have a player... Showing off the uniforms. The video starts with you seeing the river. And how the river kind of molds rocks. And it not only molds rocks. It molds men. You'll see a football player come up out of that river. Wearing... Their new helmets, their new uniforms. I can tell you, the scarlet and red jumps off the screen. Uh, or scarlet and royal, sorry. I like the royal blue uniforms a lot better. I don't know why, but... Their white uniforms are pretty slick, too. Um, it is a very interesting video. It's a very cool video. You definitely need to check it out. But I really think, what even without Coach Fields and Herbert Hoover hyping their season this year, I think this game, Week 9, Polka versus Hoover, will... Decide the Cardinal Conference Championship. Now, I know some of you that are in the Cardinal Conference are going to write me and say, No, no, no. We're better than both of them. Guys, write me. Please. WVOvertime at gmail.com Tell me why you think your team is better. Why you're going to win the Cardinal Conference. Guys, I'll read it. Um, if I, if you can convince me, I'll say it, I'll believe it, and I might even pick you for the Cardinal Conference champion. But right now, I think it's going to be Poga versus Hoover, and this is going to be the deciding game. And again, whoever wins this game, getting big, big time points 
in the future for the playoffs. Next game is week three, and it is Fairmont Senior at Bridgeport. These two, <clears throat> kind of scary. They're one of the best rivalries in my opinion. Notice I said one of, but one of the best rivalries in the entire state probably in the last 15 years. And because they're so close and distance, the kids do know each other, and the smack talking on Twitter can get a little rough, but hilarious. They aren't on there. They're not the type of kids I have never seen in any way. In my two years of following both of their uh, barstool um, accounts and following their student section accounts, never seen them make fun of anyone as far as saying, well, you know, that football player's fat or that player's too short. or I've never seen them go there. Now, have I seen them say, look at number da-da-da-da-da? Wasn't that the Waterboys number in that Adam Sandler film? That They take it that way. It's always funny. It's banner back and forth. <clears throat> and I feel like both these teams come to play when they come to to play against each other. Bridgeport is returning a lot of players. They are ranked pretty high in AAA. And then, of course, Fairmont Senior used to be in AAA, but now are in AA. They are the defending state champs in AA. They're projected to be number one ranked in AA at first. Um, these two teams, not only is it an anticipated game because of the student sections, because they know each other and all that, I think this is great for a young coach or a middle school coach or a midget league coach. Go watch this game. You're going to see Bridgeport's ground-and-pound game. They love running the ball all different ways. Um, they love doing belly fakes and reverses. But also, they flat-out are a ground-and-pound team. You will see excellent blocking technique by their offensive line um, to open holes. You will see them double, double cover certain players in order to open holes. And Fairmont Senior has got to be able to plug those holes. They've got to be able to outmatch them, possibly put more players in the box than what they normally do. They have to figure this out, figure this out quickly. Bridgeport does use 
different formations to run the same exact plays. But the reason why I also suggested you to come to this game is Fairmont Senior runs a fast-paced spread. <clears throat> Couldn't be any more different than Bridgeport. They love to throw the ball. They love to run things out of the spread. It is nothing for you to see. The slot receiver run across the middle. Uh, them to dump that little pass off and him to take off. But two plays later, you also see that same slot receiver run um, kind of a jet sweep type play out of it. And you see him become a running back. It's it's going to be an interesting game if you like the contrast of different styles, of different coaching philosophies, of hearing different student sections and their banter back and forth. Go to this game. It's week three and it's at Bridgeport. Let's keep talking Fairmont Senior because... They also are in the next game that Coalfield's decided. Week 7, they're playing Spring Valley. Now, Spring Valley probably has a lot of revenge on their mind. If you talk to any of the Spring Valley players... They very much so remember the 10 days of up and then completely down. Spring Valley traveled to Martinsburg. Martinsburg had just beaten, I think, the number four team in the state of Virginia. They had a 48-game winning streak. Spring Valley traveled, I think somebody told me on the bus, it was like six and a half or seven hours. They got up there, and they came to play. I had one Spring Valley player um, say something during spring sports season. And said, if we were going to go all the way up there, we might as well win, is what Coach um, told us. And that's exactly what they did. They snapped Martinsburg's winning streak of, I think, four and a half years. And they celebrated all the way home. The school wanted to celebrate with them. They were on the highest of highs. In 2020, a COVID season that was garbage to Wayne and Cabell County. But then, Fairmont Senior played them. Fairmont Senior had had a rough year last year. They had started off losing. I think they were 0-2 or 3 
And they had to make a comeback if they were going to make the playoffs. Their coach definitely broke it down to them and said, look, you've got to win the rest of the games on your schedule in order to pick up their points to make the playoffs. It's my understanding that was really driven or drove home to these Fairmont senior players by the community, by the school, by the coaches, everything when they went up against Spring Valley. I know in southern West Virginia where Spring Valley is located in Wayne County, very, very few thought that Fairmont Senior was going to be able to take them on. Only issue is they forgot that Fairmont Senior is not a regular double-A team. They used to be triple-A. They know about triple-A ball. Well, this ended up probably trying to run through them real quick in my head. May probably been one of the top five games in the state of West Virginia. I know it was in it was in my top five that I got to see, but um, if not top five, it's top ten. It was one of the better games in the state of West Virginia in the twenty twenty season. Fairmont beat Spring Valley convincingly. Pretty much on every position on the field, in every stat. And Spring Valley went from being on the front of all newspapers, snapping Martinsburg's 48-game winning streak, and being the new monsters that everybody better look out for the state title, to losing. Like I said, pretty convincingly, to Fairmont Senior, a double-A team. Spring Valley wants revenge and wants it now against them. They're going to have to wait till week seven. And let me tell you, the other team they want to get their hands on is South Charleston. But here's why I also don't know where I'm going week one. You've got Cabell Midland versus Spring Valley in week one. This is a huge rivalry. They are in two different counties, but they're not separated by a lot of miles, and the kids know each other. Um, They all play club ball or travel ball with each other, Um, they all have hung out at a lot of the same places and have grew up playing, you know, midget league or little league or whatever against each other. This always has a possibility of being the game of the week, if not 
the game of the first half of the season, if not one of the top five games that we'll see in 2021. Cabell Midland did not lose a game in 2020. Yeah, I'm waiting for that to sink in on you. Uh, Cabell Midland did not lose a game in 2020. But COVID got them in their county and cost them their playoffs. Both of these teams have ganged up and said, with Spring Valley beating Martinsburg, with Cabell Midland not having lost a game, they never should have been kicked out of the playoffs, and they should have had their chance at South Charleston. Both teams believe they would have beat South Charleston and has told South Charleston that numerous times. This game in week one, it sets the tone for who could possibly end up in the top four of AAA and could possibly end up in the championship game. Of course, if they don't get bitten by injuries or the COVID bug again. Now, I wanted to talk about Martinsburg. Yes, I know I talked about them earlier. Coalfields named their Week 4 game against Highland Springs, Virginia as one of the most anticipating games. It's not one of my most anticipated games, even though I would love to see the running back Braxton Todd that plays for them and see... I'm trying to think if his name is Jason or Jacob. I believe it's Jacob. Jacob Barrick. For uh, Martinsburg, he's a tight end and he's a senior and has been extremely good, extremely well-rounded. Um, I'm not anticipating this game. I know nothing about Highland Springs. Never heard of them. Matter of fact, they have... Salem, which we've already talked about week one. They have Highland Springs in week four, which is the game that Cole Field and Company picked. They have Sharonado, who everybody thought was going to beat them, snap their streak, and they blew them out. They're playing them in week five. And then they have Riverside, Virginia, in week seven, all of them on the road in Virginia. That's why I talked earlier. You know, they're playing four teams that everybody's telling me are some of the best in Virginia. I don't know that. I haven't did the research. I have enough 
on my plate and I barely enough time to really get into West Virginia schools, let alone Virginia schools. And when you're playing almost half of your your school's t- games in another state, it's really hard to get into it too. This is not an anticipated game for me. None of their Virginia games are. If they get beat, they get beat. If they win, they win. I don't care. And Martinsburg, yes. Feel free to write me. Feel free to talk to me about how you hate it. But I'll tell you, one of my most anticipated games for Martinsburg is they have to make the return trip. Which Spring Valley said was six and a half, seven hours. Martinsburg has to come to Spring Valley and on their bus or in their cars, all they're going to be thinking about is who snapped that streak. So one of the most anticipated games for me when it's concerning Martinsburg, it's going to be this one. Week 10. Yes, you heard me right. Week 10. They're going to make the drive. Both these teams have brutal schedules where they take on top teams. Martinsburg has been the team to beat for probably the last seven, eight years. Spring Valley has been one of the teams to beat probably, I don't know, last five years. And AAA, and they're going to meet up in the regular season right before the playoffs. Uh, Both are projected to be title contenders. I think, and this may be bad of me, but I think Spring Valley's brutal schedule may kill them. You've already heard me talk about them taking on Fairmont Senior, Cabell Midland, how um, they also are taking on Martinsburg. They're in the last game that I'm going to preview also. Both of them have Division One prospects that are going to be hitting each other. And I can't wait for this game. Both of them should be fired up. Like I said, with Spring Valley's schedule, little worried about them coming off a couple losses not being fired up and Martinsburg trying to run them out of Wayne County. We're going to have to wait and see. Last game that I want to talk about, though, is in week five. Week five seems to be one of the weeks. 
And I already told you, Spring Valley is at home. And they're taking on South Charleston. The team that we've been talking about, everybody circling on their calendar because they don't believe they should have been the state champions. Well, let me tell you, South Charleston does believe that they should have been state champions. And they're going to go as their junior, now junior quarterback, Trey Dunn goes. Montel Dean is, or Montrell Dean is going to help him at the linebacker position. And they've got quite a few other good players. They aren't deaf. They know what people are saying about them. They're tagging them in posts. They're making TikToks and sending it to them. They're on Reddit fighting on each other and just there are a lot of teams that this summer have really been after South Charleston well I'll tell you what you better be able to back up with your mouth has been saying because they may have more high-end talent than any other program in the state. And yes, that includes Martinsburg. South Charleston, even though some of their sophomores and juniors are not rated Division I prospects yet, that doesn't mean by their senior year they won't. They've got some legitimately good players. I think they will be undefeated going into this game with Spring Valley and I I don't know that Spring Valley will be. This is a clash of styles. I think there's going to be a lot of trash talking, a lot of pushing and shoving. I think this is going to be an anticipated game. I hope that I can get to it. If I can't, I hope somebody is streaming it And I think after this game, after teams, other teams around the state watch this game, everyone in AAA will know exactly where they stand. Are you better than South Charleston? Are you better than Spring Valley? Are you ready to back up what your mouth has been saying? So guys, that is the West Virginia most anticipated games of the high school football season. Hopefully, you guys can hear this one. Uh, Like I said, this should start up some discussion. Let's get some going. Wherever you see this posted start talking, I will probably do a Spotify green room looking at possibly Tuesday. It would be at 6 or 7 o'clock talking about some of these games. But better yet, talking about some of these teams. 
So, if you're a big-time fan of any of these teams, or maybe a team that hasn't been talked about, that you think is a sleeper and can sneak in and make some noise, show up and show out, well, you guys need to let me know. Guys, I'll be talking to you soon, and hopefully, somewhere down the line, I'm going to see you and talk to you. Have a great start of the first of your week.